Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another season of Best of the West. I am Jake Brown. Joined with me is Kenji Ito, and we're in the playoffs. Yeah, playoffs are coming up, and, uh, you know, honestly, I haven't kept up with too much NFL. I've obviously kept up with my team in kind of red zone, but I I'm excited for this playoffs because it's going to be an interesting one. Well, you're going to have to keep track of all these other teams because let's start off with the home state, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. They fired Cliff Kingsbury on Black Monday, as they call it, where all the head coaches, OCs, DCs, GMs get fired. He he was one of the guys who got the pink slip Mm -hmm. along with Steve Keim. What does this mean for the Cardinals? Well, I think... It brings a completely new face to the Cardinals franchise. You know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, as like both of us have talked before, is it's been like a very, it's been the same season over and over again since he has gotten there, right? Um, it's been very repetitive, and it feels like they have the same trend of like winning in the beginning, and then later half of the season, it like just completely goes downhill. Yeah, but this year there was just no track of winning at all. It yeah, it's just downhill just from the start. You could say that that Raiders game, yeah, week two was kind of their high point, yeah. and then it just went downhill from there. I think that was the best game of their season by far. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Cliff Kingsbury though mm-hmm. is still in the news as the New England Patriots are considering yeah him for an offensive coordinator job. Mm-hmm. What? What? Yeah. It honestly, I think it's very interesting. Uh, but I I find it very reasonable at the same time. Obviously, Matt Patricia is their current offensive coordinator for New England, and he's never been a great play caller at all. And in my opinion, never is Kingsbury. So, <laughs> like, I don't know what to personally think. I, I would like to get your opinion on this. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Matt Patricia is a defensive guy. Yeah, or in special an, uh, teams. Or special teams yeah. in an offensive coordinator position. Mm-hmm. At least Cliff Kingsbury is an offensive-minded coach. Yeah, exactly. He just isn't a good one, Yeah, in I, my opinion. I think he, like, personally, I think he's going to be, like, a little more creative because we have, like, fans have seen Mac Jones, like, frustrated at Matt Patricia because they're running the ball too much or maybe they're just dinking dunking for passes, you know, but I think... Like I said, Kingsbury is going to really add that creativeness because, like, sometimes when I did watch an Arizona Cardinals game with him at the helm, I was like, I don't even know what play they're running. It's kind of confusing, you know. But we've also seen Kyler Murray be frustrated at Cliff Kingsbury. So I don't know if it's really going to help. I think you're just putting one uh, incompetent play caller replacing another. So... I don't know what's going on in Arizona. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on in New England. Yeah. You know. But uh, Bel- Belichick is going to hire the right guy, you know. Well, he hired a defensive yeah. coordinator as a OC, so I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of head coaches, uh, the Cardinals very recently, as of recording this, have received permission to speak with Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Now, the only way they can get Sean Payton as their head coach, is if they give up their first-round pick of this year's draft. Ooh, is it okay. worth it? Um, Personally, I don't think so. I think there is other talent on the board 
for head coaching candidates, and we might we can possibly get into that later. Um, but I think you have the third overall pick, and like I've I've been saying this to a lot of people. I think Jalen Carter is going to go number one to the Bears. Really. And then number two is going to be Bryce Young to Texans, obviously. And then Will Anderson is going to go three to the Cardinals to replace JJ Watt. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what that's what I personally think because I think like Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama, he's a like predominantly an edge rusher. He's not like an interior guy like Jalen Carter is. So like I mean, and it kind of fits the Cardinals defensive scheme where they always had a really good like edge rusher. Like for example, they could have moved JJ Watt to edge rushing, right? They had Chandler Jones not too long ago, so I think it would be a perfect fit. Speaking of JJ Watt, mm-hmm. he played his last game yeah. of his NFL career last su- last Sunday. Yeah. Is he one of the best defensive players to not play in a Super Bowl? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, watching him ever since he got drafted, you know, I just like like some some of my friends and I had a feeling that this kid was going to be great, you know. This kid out of Wisconsin, he was a walk-on and all that stuff. And we we're like, you know, he's he's going to be dominant. He might be moving different teams because he's with the Texans. But, I mean, like, I think he had 113 sacks in his whole career or something, which, like, I'm just amazed about. But I think, personally, I think it was his time to retire because, you know, he's going through all those injuries and all those health things, personally. Like, it's, I think he needs to hang up the cleats and call it a career. In his career, he is a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time Pro Bowler. Each of those years, he was All-Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his career, he had, let me see, yeah, I'm... he had 114 and a half sacks. You're very close. Yeah. I, I saw something that was like 113, 114, but yeah, I knew I was in the realm somewhere. I mean, three times, he was second in the MVP voting in 2014. Yeah. People forget how dominant this guy yeah. was in early in his career. Of mm-hmm. course, he kind of took a step back once he came to the Cardinals, mm-hmm. but you could argue he was one of, if not the best defensive player on that Cardinals team. Yeah, and also to mention, you know, his his brother is pretty dominant as well. <laughs> and, you know, his, like, an inter- interviewer, I forgot the name, but he's a former athlete, but he asked him, he was like, what are your thoughts on your brother and everything? And then... I mean, TJ said the perfect answer. He's like, people need to remember how good my brother was, both offensively and defensively, because I remember him being a tight end on the goal line and him catching a pass. So, right. Yeah, so all, all respect to JJ and hope you have a happy retirement. Yeah, all respect to JJ. Mm-hmm. Go home, be with your family. Yeah, newborn Had kid too. Hope to see him in Canton soon. Yeah, I, I personally, I think he's for Spellet. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Speaking of former Texans who are now Cardinals, or in JJ's case, used to be Cardinals, yeah. uh, DeAndre Hopkins yeah. has announced he wants uh, to be traded out of Arizona. And yeah. I don't blame him. There's not really much going on with the Cardinals except yeah. going down. down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, where do you think is the right fit for him? Man, I I don't know. Is because with it with it like with the NFL this year especially, there are a lot of teams that overperformed and underperformed. Like for me personally, I thought the Saints were going to do really well and they were awful. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, like 
I, I've always been a big fan of him, but I think like with injury with injuries and like that he's not playing to like his like capability as much as he used to. Like I think that's why he wants to be traded is because I think he has more potential somewhere else. Right. But man, I don't think he's gonna stay in the NFC personally. I think the Chargers would be a good fit is because you have Keenan Allen, DeAndre, and Mike Williams. That would be that would be pretty scary. And honestly, and I'm not a Chargers fan, but um, you know, I think you would put Keenan in the slot and then have the two tall ones in like going deep and that would be a prolific offense with Justin Herbert at the helm. I think another good idea mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Think of DeAndre Hopkins in that um, in that system. Mm-hmm. It, like he would be the best receiver. He would get the jump balls because Ryan Tannehill tends to overthrow. Yeah, he usually more, does more more than underthrow. He can get those jump balls. Yeah, for sure. Or Kansas City. Kansas City would be fun. I mean. I know a lot of people that hate Kansas City, but also I know a lot of people that love Kansas City. Personally, I just like Mahomes. But, yeah, I think that would be a good fit. And I think that DeAndre Hopkins could return to his Texans form when yeah. he, he was with uh, Watson and everything. That would, that would be fun to watch. My mom said, my mom's a lifetime Bronco fan, and she said, how can you not hate Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on to the north side of the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. A, they, com- a complete shock yes. to almost everyone. Remember when I said that the Seahawks were going to win six games this year? Yeah. And everyone thought I was crazy. Well, they ended up winning nine games this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Geno Smith yeah. broke the Seahawks passing record. Yeah. And I would have never thought about that. Like, he, he, like, passed Russell Wilson, probably Seattle's best quarterback. I mean, like, when I saw that, well, I'm like... Well, in a single season. Yeah, in a single season. He is the only QB this season to start all 17 games. Mm-hmm. What does Seattle do with Geno Smith after this year? Well, this is kind of tough, is because there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out of the draft, right? I'm... I'm either, like, if I were Seattle, I would either go defense or I would go, surprisingly, Will Levis from Kentucky. Yeah. And this is why, is because even though I like C.J. Stroud a lot, he cannot throw in a bad condition, you know? He cannot throw in a bad condition environment. You know, Seattle rains a lot and everything, and I watched C.J. Stroud play in a snow game, a rain game, and he's completely off. But personally, with the fifth pick... I don't know what you do, but I think you do extend Geno, and I think it's going to be like a... It's going to be like a... What's a good example? I think it's going to be like a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers thing, where it's like you draft a rookie for your future, but you have the head guy who's going to take him under his wing and kind of teach him the ins and outs of the NFL because, you know, as we've seen before, college and the NFL is completely different. Right. My prediction is is that the Seahawks give... Geno Smith, a two-year deal. I think that's fair. Two-year, $30 million. That's $15 million a year, $20 million of it guaranteed. Yeah. 
they draft Miles Murphy with the number five pick. Okay. From what Clemson, I think. Clemson. Yeah. Okay. And they and I think one of those top three quarterbacks is gonna fall to the second round. Oh wow. And I think that quarterback's gonna be Will Levis. Okay. You know, I, th- I, I think I I see that happening. I I see Will Levis falling and that the Seahawks could pick him with their second pick, mm-hmm. which whatever that will be depends on playoff seeding. Yeah, exactly. Or in the second round. Yeah. And also, uh, I think Max Duggan declared for the draft as well, and Anthony Richardson, who has a lot of potential, the Florida QB as well. Right. So, so I mean, it's well, a it's a pretty it's a pretty stacked class in just in general. Yeah. Well, we can talk more about this. Yeah. Once, in the future. Yeah. Once you know the the combine. playoffs are done, the combine. You know, once we start mm-hmm. doing our draft boards. Yeah. Exactly. But. Uh, speaking of rookies, mm-hmm. Seattle had a great rookie class this year. Six yeah. of their nine uh, rookies this year ended up being starters. One of them was uh, one of their other rookies says not an everyday starter, was a special teams guy. Mm-hmm. One of their other guys ended up being signed by the Packers from the practice squad. Just yeah. didn't work out. Um one of those guys was Tariq Woolen, who tied for the league lead in interceptions. Mm-hmm. Fifth round draft pick, leads the league in interceptions. Yeah. How? What the heck? Yeah, I, I, I was completely impressed. Like, I knew nothing. I'm like, I'm a big college guy, as you know. Yes. Um, but I knew nothing about this guy. I just knew, the only thing I knew was that he was a receiver. And I'm like, okay, last time Seattle drafted a receiver that turned defensive back, Richard Sherman, whatever, blah, 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 blah. He's not becoming the Richard Sherman. Looking <laughs> looking at it now, looking at it now, he might be. But I think it's too early because we've seen a lot of, like, rookies have that, like, one, that one year that's super good and then just completely fall off a cliff. But he has a lot of potential. My comp for Tariq Woolen, personally, is this year's Trayvon Diggs. Mm. I think that's a good comp because Trayvon Diggs, he completely turned into a complete ball hawk again. Right. And Kenneth Walker, he led the all rookies in rushing yards this mm-hmm. year. He had a 1,000 rush, uh, rushing season this yeah. year. Kobe Bryant had a few forced fumbles this yeah, year. Definitely. You know, uh, Boye Mafe had three sacks. Yeah. There's positives to look at that. Maybe you want... A few more sacks from your defensive end. Yeah, uh, for sure. That you drafted in the second round. Yeah, and I think that was no, that was after Kenneth Walker. Yeah, it yeah. was after Kenneth Walker. They drafted Kenneth Walker and then Boya Mafe. Mm-hmm. But maybe you want a couple more sacks from your edge rush. Maybe you want more yeah. uh, QB hits. Yeah, exactly. But there's improvement that can be made. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just the stuff that we've seen from these rookies, especially the offensive linemen. We haven't even touched Abe Lucas and Charles Cross. Yeah, exactly. I th- like. I mean, they're probably the most impressive tackles out of the draft class, for sure. Like, I mean, like getting into guards and centers, like you can go as big as you want, as small as you want. But, I mean, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, I knew about Lucas. I actually knew about him back in high school because there's like a whole funny story that teams were forf- were forfeiting against his high school. 
Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's the Seahawks guy in Washington State. And by the way, go Cougs for beating Thank U of A. Um, but not the point. But honestly, I, I was overall impressed because, you know, as we know, as Seahawks fans, we like Seattle has never had this good of draft luck. Right. It's been a long time since mm-hmm. Richard Sherman's draft. Yeah, Sherman, Wagner's draft, uh, Wilson's draft. Like, I mean, and I think Bruce Irvin was Bruce in Bruce Irvin was the number one pick. Yeah. And who played on this year's team? Bruce Irvin. Bruce Irvin. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> well, you know, 10-year vet Bruce Irvin. But yeah, exactly. Bruce Irvin nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, he, he still played well. Yeah, he still played well. He played well his final uh, game of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of players who played well in the final game of the season, Quandre Diggs, mm-hmm. he won NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And after kind of a lackluster season from Diggs, it's good to see him perform in the at least in the final week. Yeah, I think personally, I think, I think you said it perfectly. It was like he had a very slow start. I mean, it was like... Like, I, I remember they gave him a huge extension as well. And, they, we, like, I was thinking especially, it's like, man, is this guy worth the money now? It's like he kind of completely fell off a cliff. Um, but, you know, uh, kind of him getting more interceptions, him me- being, the like, the bigger leader of the defense, I think he definitely stepped up and earned his money. I think the problem was for him is that they weren't targeting his side yeah. Because Jamal Adams was out. Yeah. Exactly. They weren't tar- they stopped targeting Tariq Woolen like halfway through the season. Yeah. And then He probably would have had a, ten interceptions. Yeah, if you kept throwing to him. Yeah. Although the Tom Brady interception was yeah, dumb. So, it was kind of a gimme. Yeah, it was kind of a gimme, I I would say. But it it's an an interception's an interception. Yeah. You can't take it away. Right. But it I think that Jamal Adams' injury had to do with it. He's I know he's not a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. He's your pass rush guy Blitz on the boy. edge. Blitz boy. Yeah. But he, Quandre, you know, you have to have your strong safety there for your free safety. And if you don't have a good strong safety, you're not going to be have a good free safety. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, kind of the, like, what, I, what I've learned especially in, like, you can pitch in, but, like, the free safety is kind of always the one that, like, kind of hovers the whole field. And then the strong safety either is, like, manned up on the tight end because they're usually bigger or they're the, they're the heavy hitters, you know? Right. Exactly. Right. So maybe we'll see what happens next year when Jamal Adams is yeah, back. Yeah, when he's finally it's, back. <laughs> when he's finally back and hopefully plays an entire season. Yeah. But we'll see. But let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams. I don't even know where to start with this team. Yeah, this team was yeah. very sad to watch. Worst, it, it it was it was official when when they lost their la- their last game. Worst Super Bowl hangover. Wow. Yeah, like I I remember it was like their t- tenth loss was tied for the most losses after winning a Super Bowl, and the eleventh is the most. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there may be a head coaching change. Possible. In yeah. L.A. Might be because they might fire Sean McVay mm-hmm. or Sean McVay. He wants to retire and go to the broadcast booth, put on a different headset. Do yeah. you think either of that's going to happen? I would, you know, personally, I would like Sean McVay to be in the broadcast booth. Um, because 
his knowledge of the game and how he knows like almost everything uh, knows almost everything it's like insane to me like I mean there was like an interview that was done with him he was like okay can you tell me what happened on third down uh, with 12 minutes to go and this was the game right and he nails it perfectly and I'm like how do you know that personally but I, I I, I don't know what his situation is. I think he's probably going to talk to his family and do all that stuff. But um, my opinion on Sean McVay in general is that defense has figured him out. Hmm. You know, like he was known as this offensive and defensive mastermind and this and that. But injuries do exist. That's what really hurt the Rams season. But I think defense has just said, you know, these guys like to run a bootleg play action play they like to target cooper cup we're gonna target him when he's healthy and that was it yeah and once cooper cup went down that whole offense went down yeah um i still think i read a comment from andrew whitworth Mm -hmm. former player turned broadcaster played on the super bowl team legendary tackle yeah he says that he cannot see Sean McVay not coach. Oh wow! He can like he doesn't see Sean McVay not being a leader of men. I think that was the direct quote or That's something similar or something similar along those lines. Uh, and Sean McVay just seems like he's always like you can see him on the sidelines during games. He's always stalking up and down the sideline. He's always. Yeah. Get, trying to, you could see the gears turning. Yeah, they and, get back coach as well. Right. That's funny. <laughs> and once you put him in, on, in the broadcast booth, he won't be able to do that. He'll be, yeah. like, he may be like Tony Romo and say, oh, this defense is going to run this play, or the offense is going to run a bootleg to the outside. He's not going to be able to, he can only predict what's going to happen. He's not calling what's happening. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you make a good point, like, but, you know, I think, like, kind of recalling on what you what you just said, I think Andrew Whitworth said it perfectly, is because, like, there are certain coaches that you cannot see, like, doing another thing. Like, right. like there are only a couple coaches. Like, uh, I, I would say McVay, Carroll, because Carroll's this energetic. Right. And Bill Belichick. Like, I mean, you, like... He's very dry, but he's a winner, you know? And I don't think we'll ever get, like, really a coach ever like that again. Right. Bill. Right. We're never going to see another Belichick. We're never going to see another Pete. We're never going to see another McVay. Yeah. I think the next thing to Bill, though, is Sean McDermott Mm. for Buffalo is because he knows how to do one half of football and adjust so well and completely take over in the second half. That's how the Bills have been so successful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking, well, going back to the Rams, yeah. we're going to go towards the players' side. Mm-hmm. The NFLPA released their All-Pros for this season. Yeah. And there is one really confusing one for a lot of players, at least for this, for a lot of players and for a lot of, of fans mm-hmm. this season. Now, he's one of the best defensive players of all time. Mm-hmm. Maybe not this season. That's Aaron Donald. Yeah. It, Aaron Donald was not really there this season. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't at Aaron Donald level. Yeah, exactly. Um, D. 
Do you agree that he should have been an All-Pro? An All-Pro? I, I, I really don't think so. I Like, maybe on a second team, like, because you know they have, like, a different right. different teams. Like, maybe on the second or third. I don't even know if they have a they third. They don't have a third. Okay, so second team then. I, I was, I was kind of gearing toward the NBA. I right. don't know why. Uh, I had a class with our good friend Ben Yates, so uh, I, I was thinking of NBA the entire time. But right. uh, I, I think the reason why he's there is because he makes such a big impact. You know, they have Wagner, they have Ramsey, they have Donald, right? Those are their three leaders and good players of the defense. But the impact that Donald makes is this crazy. And when he went down, you clearly saw the effect. I mean, even though Wagner was getting to every like almost every play and Jalen Ramsey was locking down his receivers once in a while. Um, you could see that the pass, pass rush wasn't there at all. Yeah. And you know, once you have, you know, you have two offensive linemen, double Donald. Yeah. Double you every, almost every play. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. You can't, you can't do anything. Because there's no other threats on that defensive line. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I've, I've said this uh, in a previous show before, and you might agree with me. I think Donald needs to return to his old position at being a defensive end is because the main thing is that if you're at a defensive end spot, you're less double-teamed. Is because the, the protection and offensive line, if you're one-on-one with the tackle, it's very hard for the guard to like really adjust himself to move over without like prevent without allowing a sack to happen from like a nose tackle or something. Right. So I th- I think for Donald to like have like depoy numbers again, I think they need to move him over. Right. Uh speaking of defensive players mm-hmm. uh and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. He is he still you know, he had a good season this year. Yeah. Not his best season, Not his but best. Yeah. but he had a good season. His best was in Jacksonville. We right. all have to admit. Right. Do you think he is still the number one corner in the game? Um, you know, I never like I never like saying this statement because I live in the present. But I think we're in the next generation of defensive backs. I think like kind of Jalen Ramsey is like he's kind of almost on the like he's. Getting on the older side, I should say. Um, but, I mean, Sertan, Sertan, I don't remember what's Sertan. Sertan. Patrick Sertan, Sauce Gardner, Tariq Woolen, Jair, Jair Alexander is still kind of young, you know? I think we're getting, like, I think we're getting into that next generation. I think, like, Jalen Ramsey's still a top 10, but he's not as good as he, like, used to be. Would you say top 5? Yeah, possibly, because I, I can't think of, like, two, like, I can't, like, so I mentioned, I think, four guys. I think, I can't name an extra guy, so I think Jalen Ramsey would be five. Okay. Personally. Okay. I I think he's top five. I don't know if he's at five. Mm-hmm. I would have to do my own list and look at all the players to figure that out. Yeah. But that's another topic for another day. Yeah. And but like before before we move on and you can you can add to this if you want, um, I loved Jalen Ramsey as an aggressive defensive back. You know we've we've seen all these defensive backs and they're all ball hawks. You know, right. but what makes Jalen Ramsey great is that he knows how to hit people. He knows how to get in their mind to like mess with them. 
you know, and he's like he's a com- like any team he's on, he's a complete impact in that in that specific way. Yeah. Exact. I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I I think that I think that there's kind of a we're seeing a different group of yeah. defensive players, not just at cornerbacks. We're seeing it at safety. Yeah. We're seeing it in the running back position. We're seeing it at quarterback. Yeah. All these different positions. All these different positions. We're seeing the new era of football, and I think these old guys are kind of like, you know, there's no guy like Richard Sherman. Yeah. At, well, one because Richard Sherman is a player of his own, but also mm-hmm. like no one's emulating their game. Yeah. With Richard Sherman anymore, or you know, Patrick Sertan, Jair Alexander is are kind of the guys, yeah. the cream of the crop, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's move on to the winner of the division, who played three QBs this year. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy. Has is going to continue setting records. Brock Purdy, the quarterback out of Perry High School, not too far from where yeah. we're recording right Perry now. Perry Pumas. Uh. He's continuing to set records in his short stint, relieving Trey Lance and Jimmy G. On Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, mm-hmm. against the Seahawks, he is projected to be the first rookie in 49ers history wow. to start a playoff game. Yeah. How will he fare this Saturday? I think that he has the all the talent around him, you know. Number one defense. Good offensive line, good like good receivers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right, but I mean he he does like he's a rookie, he's Mister Irrelevant, and the joke is oh he's looking really relevant now. Yeah, but he doesn't look like a rookie. He looks like he's been in the league five years and got just gotten an <laughs> extension. You know, as as soon as I saw the Brock and this Purdy kid and uh, and I had some friends who met him because Mister Relevant comes to Newport Beach on uh, almost. Or every year, actually. Yeah, they come to Newport Beach, which is in my hometown. Um, I said, this kid's going to be special, you know? I mean, uh, he comes from a from a good college, I mean, and he was, he was fun to watch. And I was like, this kid's going to translate because he's like a Mahomes-esque type player. Like, he, know, he feels super comf- comfortable, he doesn't feel panicked, and he just slings it. Yeah, he definitely reminds me... You know, it's almost like the Tom Brady story, right? Yeah, exactly. Is where they got a seasoned QB like Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. He gets hurt, and now they have to start their uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And now he might... Do you think that Brock Purdy's going to take over Trey Lance and Jimmy G's job if he performs well this postseason? Okay, as... Not the Dolphins game, because he came in later, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me, not in the Dolphins game, but in the Bucks game. I'm like, San Francisco found their new quarterback. I I just said that playing in there. I mean, I, I was like, this kid's amazing because like a lot of people thought that like Brock Purdy against Dolphins was like a one one game wonder or something. Right. But I'm like, hey, the true test is against Tampa, um, and if he wins, he's their quarterback of the future. And they need to revolve around him now. You can forget about Trey Lance. You can forget about Jimmy G. You found your guy. Yeah, I totally agree. When the Seahawks faced Brock Purdy last time, mm-hmm. his first time, yeah, I was, it was like they should be. I was watching the game, and it's like 
this dude doesn't act like a third-string QB. No. Nah. He doesn't act like he was drafted last in mm-hmm. last year's draft. He acts like he has been in the league a long time. He's faced this defense a numerous amount of times. Like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I've talked to some media people around here about Brock Purdy or because he was trending around Arizona. Mm-hmm. And they're not surprised. Yeah. Nobody in this state who's covered high school football is surprised that he is going off. Yeah. They it's just that he went to Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State. And he which is no like big name comes from Iowa State. Yeah. It, it, I think Brees Hall went there. Brees Hall. Yeah. But not really. Not like yeah, you're right. No big names, yeah. No big name. Brees Hall isn't a big name yet. He was yeah. He drafted. Was, he was the first running back off the board. Yeah. But he's not a big name. He will be a big name. Yeah, I think so. But no. N- no scout is coming to Iowa State and thinking that they're going to find the next Peyton Manning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're going to like Alabama. They're going to Ohio State. They're going to Tennessee. They're going mm-hmm. to all those big SEC schools. Yeah, the like the. The powerhouses of college, right? Sport. Yeah, and I guess Ohio State's Big Twelve, but or oh, Big, Big Ten, yeah, Big Ten, uh. Big Ten. But anyway, you you know what I mean. It Brock Purdy is going to be the guy. You, Ten years from now, we'll still be talking about Brock Purdy. Yeah, for sure. barring injury, we're still going to talk about Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. That's that's my hot take is that he's going to be he is going to be the franchise quarterback Trey Lance forget about him he's been he yeah. people liked him because he was fast yeah and he and, could throw the deep ball and he could throw the deep ball he couldn't throw it accurately but he went to a small he went to a North small Dakota State North yeah. Dakota State same as Carson Wentz same as Carson Wentz and while Carson Wentz he's done okay for himself yeah I he's know. not a first round draft pick well, going, even though he was he's not yeah. a first the, se- the second pick oh my he, god he was the second pick in a very uh in a draft that was very weak yeah i agree so you know i i'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be a bad quarterback he's just yeah. not going to be a, a, a quarterback s- in San Francisco yeah exactly yeah the only the only thing that i don't like about Brock Purdy is that he did like he he I forgot the comparison I made him, like I did a looks like for him, but I forgot like what I said. But, you know, he used to rock a mullet, and it was, <laughs> the, it was like the most sick mullet of like all time. I'm looking it up right yeah. now. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm a, looking at this mullet. You guys can look at it for yourselves. Yeah, this this uh, this type in Brock Purdy mullet, and it, it'll be like... It's the, f- the best thing you'll see all day. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, yeah. let's go back to talking about the 49ers and mm-hmm. move on from Brock Purdy. Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, and Fred Warner were named All-Pro in the NFLPA All-Pro. Mm-hmm. Do you agree or disagree with I, any of these? I, I completely agree because those guys are the best at their position. Right. Like, when I think of left... Like, like all time, I think differently. But right now... If I think of left tackle, I think of Trent Williams. If I think of fullback, I think of Kyle Huszczyk. 
I call him Juicy Juice because he's because <laughs> it's fun. Uh, and then Fred Warner, you know, I was like kind of slow on kind of him being the best inside linebacker, but I mean, he flies around the field, and he amazes me every time now. Yeah, I gotta agree. You know, fullback is kind of this position that's kind of it's a dying position. It's a dying position. Usually, it's the second half back who's yeah. more big that's going to get it. But Kyle Juszczyk is your prototypical fullback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Fred Warner. I kept denying that he was the best linebacker in the NFC West, especially last year when Bobby Wagner led the team in uh, led the team in tackles Mm -hmm. uh, until Jordan Brooks broke Broke it. Yeah, broke it the next week. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I think we talked about that, and then it happened the next week. Right, Uh, but Fred Fred Warner is fast. He's strong. He is the best in at his position right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, D'Amico Ryans, yeah. he is on the coaching staff for the 49ers. He is, there, he is getting recruited by the Broncos and the Texans to become their next head coach. Yeah. One, do you think he's going to be a head coach next year? Or two, And two, which one of these two teams is he going to be if he's going to choose one of those two teams? I think... I think the Broncos, because I think they're going to throw more money at him. It it, sound, it sounds bad, but it's kind of like the real gist of the NFL in, in, in terms of coaching, you know. Um, but, you know, D'Amico Ryans, and I always thought it was DeMarco until someone told, someone told me, but it's D'Amico. You know, he has transformed that San Francisco 49ers defense to when Patrick Willis, Alden Smith, and Navarro Bowman were back playing. Right. Uh, all together. And I'm like, when, when I see it, I'm kind of like, there is no way that he does not get a head coaching job because, like, don't you see kind of like a trend where it's like when a assistant coach is featured a lot in a game, they usually tend to next season to be head coaches? It kind of... It kind of. Eric ha- Bieniemy is still... Yeah. He it, still doesn't have a head coaching job. Yeah, except Eric Bieniemy. But he here's a here's kind of a hot take. I feel like if uh, D'Amico Ryan's goes to Denver, right, he can hire e- Eric Bieniemy, right, mm-hmm. and that would be like the best head like head coaching like put, duo it, or a coaching put, duo of like all time. But Eric Bieniemy at OC, yeah, who would be at DC then? I think it would just be like a. I think it would be like. Some defensive coordinator, but I mean, he's already a defensive genius. I mean, right? Like, but if he did not sign an OC, I have I have the feeling that he would become like the next Robert Sala. Like, I mean, he has high hopes and then underperforms a little bit, and then has like that bist of gist, right? Where he like just shines in the middle of nowhere. Like, so, but personally, I think the Broncos. But I I, I want to get what you think. Here's the thing, is that the Broncos already have a young defense. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, they have a young defense, but Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertan are two key cornerstones of that defense. The problem with the Broncos is the offense. Yeah. Who uh, looked really good against the Chargers. They did look re- It's probably because they had better play calling. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, but I think what's going to happen... The Texans need better head coaching. 
They, yeah. they, I think the Texans are going to take a flyer on somebody, not a Lovey Smith, no. not a Vic Fangio, yeah. not a, well, of course they fired Lovey Smith, but yeah. they're not going to hire Vic Fangio, otherwise they made a really dumb, Bad mistake. dumb mistake, which was what the Texans are known for, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're going to go all out and try and get D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. Because they're going to get the number two pick this season, this upcoming draft. They're going to get Bryce Young. Yeah. They're going to hopefully draft a better offense. Yeah, hope, hopefully. <laughs> and then you put D'Amico Ryans in as your head coach, yeah. and that defense all of a sudden lives up to its potential. Yeah. You know, I think I think you make an interesting point, and I could see it happening for sure. Houston, if you're out there, please take my advice. Yeah. You need it. Yeah, exactly. And also, there's the Indianapolis head oh, coaching yeah. position that's still up, but it looks like uh, Irsay is gonna keep Jeff Saturday in full time. Oh God. Which <laughs> one in seven as an interim head coach, and you get to keep your job. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Let's go back to the NFC West mm-hmm. and talk about this weekend's game on Saturday. Yep. Seahawks and 49ers, in division matchup for the first round. Who do you got? I got the 49ers. You know, I think it's going to be like every matchup. I think it's going to be like every matchup that Seahawks fans have seen. It's that, like, kind of Seahawks start kind of a little later in the game that it's too late to catch up, and this. They're just gonna pound the 49ers. They're just gonna pound the ball, you know. That that's my personal opinion. Um, and in terms of score, you know, I haven't really seen. Like at least I don't remember. They don't like the 49ers don't really have a, a very high scoring game, but I think it's gonna be in the 30s. So I think it could be like 34, 34, 20. Okay. Yeah, 34, 20. And plus, Seattle's defense, we we all have to admit, Seattle def- defense stinks. So, Here's the thing that I'm going to say about that, mm-hmm. about the Seattle defense. Yeah. Seattle's defense has not allowed 25 points or more in oh, the wow. last three games. They allowed 16 points against the Rams, yeah. six points against the Jets, yeah. and that was with Zach Wilson not starting. Yeah, it was Mike White. Uh, 24 points against a really high-powered offense in the Chiefs, and 21 points against the 49ers. Also, yeah. So, you... I'm in the minority when I say this, and it might just be blind love for my team, even though I've been joking that we're going to get spanked by the 49ers, whatever. You know, I'm just glad we made the playoffs. I think that Seattle is the upset of this weekend. Okay, yeah. It is incredibly difficult to be a team three times in one season in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And I think the Seahawks can pull it off. I don't think they're going to go deep in the playoffs. Yeah. But I think they can upset the 49ers. If they don't, whatever. Yeah. That that They've made the postseason, and that's all I'm happy for. Mm-hmm. But I think Seattle wins 24-21. Okay. This weekend that's on a close, Saturday. That's a close matchup. It is. Well, we're talking about the 49ers and Seahawks here. Yeah, In exactly. the playoffs. Yeah, it, it, when is it not a close matchup? Yeah, no, it, it's like, <laughs> it's going to be like that Jacob Hollister catch where he got down at oh. the one-yard line by Dre Greenlaw. 
Yeah. I, I hated that game so much, and I was, like, so convinced that I told everybody at my school. I think that, was that, was I in college or high school? I, you, I, I don't remember. I think you were in high school, because it was, not, no, I was a freshman in college, so. So, in, yeah, so, I, I might have been. Because we're both same grade, so I think I might right. have been a freshman in college as well. But I, I told all my friends, I'm like, bro, that was a touchdown. <laughs> right. The, like, I told the whole It school, wasn't a touchdown. No, it wasn't, but... It was one yard short. I, I was I was basically I was, just salty. <laughs> I, was re- I was really... When they kept trying to... During the Hollister catch, I kept looking at the replay and just trying to find if the ball hit an inch of grass <laughs> yeah. in the end zone. And I'm like, gosh, darn it, that was a good tackle. Like, I had to admit, that was a good tackle. It was a great tackle. Yeah, fantastic tackle by Greenlaw. Yeah. Uh, all, all of Seattle hates you, and I'm sure that you're taking it in uh, yeah. with pride, as but, you should. Yeah, and this is I'm, I'm going to have one more hot take of the show, and this is going to be the last one. Um so I don't think I think the AFC is dominating the this year's playoffs but I think the NFC it's going to be Niners Vikings even though they're mean to let Vikings or Bucks because of Tom Brady and his experience in the playoffs. Okay. I think the AFC wins if the Niners don't win this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to be it for this extremely long episode of Best of the West from Jake Brown, Kenji Ito. We will see you soon whenever we're back on the air on Blaze Radio, blazeradioonline.com.